Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Nuggets. I am your host, Asher Levy. Uh, as always, joined by my lovely co-host, Gage. How are you doing today, man? Uh, doing well. Glad to be back. Uh, glad the Nuggets have ripped off three straight wins. Uh, and they've done so with pretty convincing offense. Uh, some questionable defense in there, but uh, mostly pretty convincing offense. Yeah, that is uh, what mainly what we're going to be talking about today is, uh, you know, the Nuggets as of late, their ups, their downs, their in-betweens. Uh, the players that have been good, the players that have been not so good, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the last time we recorded a podcast, they were sitting at, at two and one. And now they're sitting at seven and three. Good for uh, fourth or they have them at fourth in the West, but they are tied for second in the West. And they're only a game back from the one seed, which is the Jazz. Uh, so now the opening night game doesn't look as bad as people thought it was. Uh, and also the win against the jazz that they had looks pretty solid. Whereas some of the other wins that they've had now look a little worse in retrospect, a little better. Sorry, sorry. Um, they are currently at seven, three good for 70% uh, wins. They are uh, f- four now at home, three and three on the road. They have not played an Eastern team yet, so they are seven and three uh, in the conference. And they, as you mentioned, have won three straight. Yeah, and not only have they won three straight, they like they've won back to back games on the road uh, mm-hmm. after starting the season one and three on the road. So that is yep. that is nice for them to get a couple of wins. Yeah, I understand it's against the Spurs and the Thunder, who are not exactly the top tier in the conference. Although, like the Spurs are five and six. And they were five and five entering that game against Denver, and then the Thunder are four and six. So, and they the Thunder have hung around in a lot of games. Like the Thunder are four and six, but they have stay, hung around in games. Like they lost to Denver yeah. by twelve, but that game obviously was much closer than that. It was just a late surge by Denver, and OKC just kind of fell off. Fell off. Mm-hmm. Um, the Thunder they they lost the they lost the Bucks pretty convincingly, but that game against Detroit also was another game that was very close. I believe Detroit scored, I think like six or seven points in the final couple minutes to kind of stretch out their lead, but it was a close game the entire way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not to mention the fact that Shea has been like a top ten player this season. Uh, arguably yeah Shea's like been Shea. fantastic and as somebody that mm-hmm. has bet on him a few times i am okay with him continuing to be that also per basketball reference they are seventh in defensive rating right now are the thunder so the mm-hmm. thunder have while their offense has been hit or miss they have been a strong strong defensive team so far right yep uh 
So we have seen some quality wins. Like you mentioned, the OKC game, they won by 12. That was closer than the box score would indicate, but they did. it did feel like they had relative control uh, that game. They won against Utah. They won against LA. Uh, they had some bad losses to the Lakers and to Portland. But in the last three, it feels like they're turning a corner a bit, especially with Jamal Murray starting to uh, click more. That is probably the biggest story for the Nuggets in the last uh, few games is in the Lakers game. He had his first 20 piece of the season where he had 21 points, uh, five, four rebounds, five assists, and he shot 43% uh, from both the field and from three that game. And then the next game, he followed it up the OKC game with 24 points, eight of 19 from the field, four of six from three, uh, four of four from the line, five rebounds, two assists. And then the last two games, he's taken a bit of a scoring dip uh, with 13 points and 19 points respectively, but he's also had nine assists and six assists uh, and has been efficient. So we've seen Jamal Murray starting to look more and more like himself uh, before the injury. We've started to see him and Jokic two-man game start to click more. We especially saw that uh, against San Antonio. What are your takeaways from the first like five games we saw from Jamal as opposed to the last four that we've seen? What are like the biggest differences to you? Uh, the main things I'm seeing are mostly a, a what I'm seeing at the end is at the end of the game, where for I mean obviously all of last season. It was Jokic. That was the that was the end of the game. Was Jokic, or if it was a Barton night, it was Barton. But most of the time, Jokic was the end all be all. Murray, the last few games has been a like closer or the assistant closer, like assistant to the closer. Like if Jokic is going to do his thing, great. But it's not just on him anymore. Murray has been very very strong near the end in the end of games, and it just seems like. Like there was the, it was the game against the Thunder was the one where he was like, it was the, we ain't losing this game type of mentality. Like he was out there at, near the end of that, it was near the end of the third quarter when he just kind of did his thing. I think Denver only scored like four points in that run, but he had like a tip ball to, but it was like a tip ball that got Denver an extra possession. It was a, uh, it was a scramble. It was a couple of buckets from him. It was just, and just the intensity and the mentality that he had was, Hey, I don't care what you guys think we're doing tonight, but we're not losing, and I'm going to make damn sure of that. So, yep, having that extra guy at the end of the game just makes life so much easier. I mean, because now the defense can't just sell out to stop Jokic. We saw it in the Spurs game. Obviously, there was the, the slick feed from Murray to Jokic, and which if you haven't seen it yet, you need to go watch it. It was great. Murray's driving across the paint. Uh, he pulls coverage from Pirtle and I believe it was Trey Jones or whoever was guarding him in that spot uh, and hits the behind the back pass between the two of them Jokic gets the easy bucket and then the dagger with 30 seconds left was the Murray whip pass to Aaron Gordon I have no other way to describe mm -hmm. it it was just Murray driving and then he just underhand whips it a million miles an hour to Aaron Gordon who's wide open in the dunker spot and why is Aaron Gordon wide open in the dunker spot because his man had to come up and close out on Murray because Murray will hit and make that mid-range jump shot. And mm -hmm. having just the extra guy to pull away from Jokic and everybody else just makes so, things so much easier. That's why people want to criticize how the Nuggets have looked over the last couple of years, and they're like, 
oh, I just don't know if this team has it. It's like, okay, you're missing pretty key parts. Like Michael Porter Jr. opens up the floor for Gordon to drive to the rim. It opens up space for Jokic to operate inside the arc. It just makes life easier on him. Murray having the ball makes Jokic's life easier, especially at the end of the games and just throughout the game because it gives him another ball handler. You mentioned he had nine assists the other night. It just everybody's life gets easier when you have your arguably second best player is healthy, even if he's not 100% yet, which I don't think that he is because he's still trying to work his cardio up. There, It just makes life so much easier to have him. That's the main thing I'm noticing is not necessarily like skills. Uh, yeah, he's still got he's got his skills that he has, but I'm noticing just the air of confidence that he brings elevates everybody because everybody else's life is a little bit easier with him being on the floor. Yeah, I fully agree. Uh, he has... He's not back fully. You can tell he's still get, working his way back from like conditioning and that sort of thing. But his confidence is back. He's doing the step backs. He's doing the crazy circus shots that he was taking uh, the season before he got injured. He is looking more and more like the Murray that we knew uh, he was and that he still can be every game. And he does get a little winded from time to time. You can see that if you watch, but as you mentioned, he has kind of had that we're winning this mentality, not only in the uh, OKC game, that was where it was most prevalent, but also in the San Antonio game, you mentioned the passes he had. He also had six points on three or four shooting in the, in the fourth quarter uh, against OKC in the fourth quarter alone. He had five of eight from the field, two of two from three, two of two from the line, 14 points, three rebounds. Uh, and in that game, he was a positive when he was anchoring the bench units that were very, very, uh, were struggling very heavily. You could just see the mental switch that he brings to the lineups where he is like, we are not losing. I got this. I am having this team. He is setting the tone right now, and that is something that the Nuggets missed dearly. Uh, having him, not only him, but also Michael Porter Jr. back, who has been basically exactly what we last saw from him uh, before last season when he wasn't fully healthy. The year before that, when he was healthy, he averaged 19 points on 54% uh, from the field, 44% from three. Uh, this season, he is averaging 18 points on 49% from the field and 49% from three. And he is taking seven and a half three-pointers a game. That is a absurd amount. Uh, and he had a quote uh, a few uh, a week or two ago where he was like, you know, I don't think shooting 50% from three is unrealistic for me. I'm having shots that I know can go in, uh, rim out, or I'm leaving some on the board. And the craziest thing is I believe him. Like he is leaving some up that I expect to go in. I wouldn't be shocked if he shot 50% from three this season. That would be like absurd. That would probably be the highest like volume percentage that we've seen since like Kyle Korver did it uh, once in his career. But that would be a ludicrous spot to hit. But he's been fantastic. He is shooting lights out. Uh, he is also averaging seven boards a game, which it ties his career high uh, from the 2020-21 season. He's playing 29 minutes a game. 
he is he has the right attitude last uh night against san antonio last night for when we're recording this uh he didn't close even though he was having uh, a really good game because he looked uh, a little tired towards the end of it but he didn't sulk he didn't do anything he was supporting uh, his team from the bench and that is the type of mentality you want uh, him to have he's been giving a lot of effort defensively it still isn't uh, fantastic but he is trying his best you know to uh, to play defense and just overall he has been really good uh and better than what i thought he would be coming back i thought he was going to be good and he has just been back to the michael porter jr we know he didn't really take much time to get uh, back jamal murray is taking a little more time but he's starting to look fantastic um those two just open up so much more offense especially uh, considering the nuggets are currently the best jump shooting team in the league by a, a fairly decent margin. They're also number one in effective field goal percentage, which uh, adjusts slightly for threes. Um, they are number one in the league in jump shot efficiency, in effective field goal percentage. They are one of the most efficient offenses. And quite frankly, if this team doesn't end as the best offense in the league, they're underperforming because they have all the tools to make this work. If you look at just that starting lineup, uh, they are having an absolute ball of a time on, on the floor. They have so many weapons. KCP has fit in perfectly. He's been exactly what they needed from him. He's been a good defender, surgical hands, has really good precision uh, with when to reach for the ball. He has been a knockdown shooter. He is the perfect like fifth, fourth option, depending on the night and where Aaron Gordon's at. Uh, right now, the starting lineup is a plus 15 uh, net differential. They have, uh, they're scoring 119 points per 100 possessions. They are uh, putting up a 104 uh, defensive rating, that lineup. They have just been really good and uh, not to mention Bruce Brown has also been great. Uh, the thing that Malone is doing with Porter, uh, the stagger has been working uh, really well. He's been doing that the last few games and that's a big part of why the bench isn't suffering as much as it was. But yeah, what do you think of uh, Michael Porter and just kind of the lineups that he's been involved in and the configurations that you can get from having these guys healthy so you mentioned that uh we haven't really seen anybody shoot as high of a percentage on that volume of threes uh since kyle corver uh i did a quick search there has never been a player to finish an entire season shooting more than the shooting seven or more attempts per game while shooting 49 percent or higher from three right now there are uh the closest was corver in 2014-15 uh, six attempts per game, he shot 49.2%. Uh, right now, you actually have two players in the NBA. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. and Kevin Herter of the Sacramento Kings are shoot Herter shooting 51.5% on 7.6 three-point attempts per game. The dude is uh, on just a, a heater of all heaters right now. Uh, Porter Jr., 49.3%. Uh, 
So, yeah, they would be the first ones to do it. And then the next closest after Corver was Joe Harris in the 2020-2021 season on 6.4 attempts per game at 47.5%. So Porter could regress some, and he's still in just rare air. Like, there's never been somebody to do what he's doing right now. Watching him play is everything we could have asked for and everything we could have hoped for because that was the concern all offseason. If you listen to any national podcast, I'm not naming any of them because they don't get any free promotion from me. If you listen to any of them, oh, is Porter going to be able to come back healthy? Oh, I don't think he's going to stay healthy. And everyone wants to cite that stupid John Hollinger quote from four or five years ago, whatever it was. Whenever he was drafted, it was John Hollinger. Every time that Porter gets hurt or every time he's on the injury report, it's, yeah, no, some NBA team said that they've never seen a guy with a worse medical report than Michael Porter Jr. has. Well, guess what, dude? The guy's out there making plays, and he is doing his job. He's doing everything you can ask for. He's got. He's not a great. He's not an elite defender. No, never has been, never will be. But he's gotten better on defense. There's no way around that. He's he's fouling a little bit more than you would like, but I don't put all of that blame on him. I put more of that blame on the guards. I talked about it in my Film Friday piece last week, where Porter's racking up all these extra fouls, and most of the time it's because guards get beat, and he's just the guy that's back there trying to stop an easy layup. Like him and Jokic have racked up all of these extra fouls, and most of the time it's because the guys next to them get beat, and they're just trying to at least make the guy earn the earn the points at the line. He's gotten mm-hmm. better as a defender. He's shooting the lights out, literally. Like there's he is absolutely scorching the nets right now. And I couldn't ask for more. I mean, he is doing everything we need. I I mean, like, could you maybe hope for a little bit more ball creation, like when he's playing with the second unit? Maybe. But you have multiple creators on that second unit already. You have Bones and you have Bruce Brown. Those guys are supposed to be your creators in the second unit. It's not really supposed to be Porter. Porter's job is to space the floor. And when he's able to do his job and focus on just doing his job, there aren't many in the NBA that can do what he does because like, and people say, Oh, well, Steph Curry's a better shooter. Okay. Yeah. But Steph Curry's also a guard. Michael Porter Jr. Changes the physics and the, just the, the way the team that they're like changes the floor angle and the way that they have to operate because now, instead of your six, one guard having to go out to the perimeter, you're having to send your, one of your small forward, your small forward or your power forward out to guard him, which now makes you more vulnerable inside. Which makes you, which means you're going to be worse at rebounding, which extends possessions and give. And when you have a guy like Nikola Jokic, who, other than when he plays the San Antonio Spurs, the Utah Jazz, is one of the, one of the best rebounders in the game. That means extra possessions on offense, which then means either Jokic is going to get a bucket inside, or he's going to get it and kick it out to one of these shooters like Mike Porter Jr. Porter Jr. Yeah. changes just the. The gravity, like his gravity is crazy. Jokic has his own gravity because of how he is and his ability to pass and everything else. But Porter's gravity is like Curry or Clay Thompson. The only difference is the guy that's guarding him is generally a little bigger, which changes the way, change, just changes how things, defenses are going to play them. And I think as long as he stays healthy and stays at least somewhat hot, he, he this this offense is terrifying. Like Jokic hasn't even decided to be aggressive yet, and they can just run you out of the building. Like there's the the start against the Thunder 
was was the prime example of what are you going to do? This starting unit is going to just say, do whatever you want, and we're going to do everything you're trying to do way better than you. And we're not even at full strength yet. Like, they were running them off the floor. Yeah, the, the bench blew a big lead, and then the starters couldn't exactly, like, the starters held the held the line. They eventually came out with a win. But the, what, what, were, what was the Thunder supposed to do? They couldn't get a bucket to fall. The defense was swarming on them. And then Denver just flat out couldn't miss because it didn't matter where you went. There was open shooters everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, the shooting of this team is ludicrous. Like, they are going to be chewing teams up and spitting them out. You have, I don't think all of these numbers will hold, obviously, because it's early on. Some guys. Oh, you don't think the KCP is going to shoot 52% from three point range this year? Yeah, but like you have KCP shooting 52% from three. You have Bones Highland shooting 51% from three. Michael Porter Jr. shooting 49% from three. Bruce Brown shooting 41% from three, who wasn't lying about being a 40% three-point shooter. He's been good this season from there. And then you guys, you have some guys who are lower than you would expect at, with like Jamal Murray at 35%, when in the last four games he's shooting, I believe, like 43% from three. You have Christian Brown shooting 36% from three. You have Jeff Green shooting 31% from three. Those numbers can go up. You also have at the center of that all, Nikola Jokic, who has had one game where he decided that he wants to come out and really play, which was against the Lakers, and they looked good in that. Well, Jokic looked good in that game. That game was the sloppiest game I've watched this season on both sides of the the ball for both teams. But, um, you know, the funny part about that game. Yeah. Denver only had, you're talking about the one where they lost, right? I'm talking about the one where they won. Oh, you're talking about the win. I was going to say Denver somehow only had nine turnovers in the game where they lost by 11 points. And it makes zero sense to me. This, like this team is just confusing. It's all get out. Yeah. In the game. Yeah. yeah, In the game where they won. Jokic had 31, 13, and 9. The team as a whole had 11 turnovers. If they would just take care of the damn ball, they would be so, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that and uh, Michael Porter Jr. didn't even play in that game because he was mm-hmm. uh, resting uh, with an injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's ludicrous. Um, like, Aaron Gordon might legitimately lead the league in dunks this season. He has 29 already. It makes up 34% of his field goals attempted. He has been uh, able to just sit in the dunker spot and get easy looks. And he's been feasting there, you know, like it not saying he's not doing anything like he's made the one making uh, the right moves. The one, you know, being aggressive with the dunks, but like, you look at him in the dunker spot, MPJ, Jamal, Jokic, KCP, that unit is elite offensively. You throw in Bruce Brown for MPJ if you want more defense, that unit is still elite offensively. There is not a way to muck up this offense, really. Like, and that's the thing. So like you said that Aaron Gordon, it's not that he's not really doing anything, but that's the point. That's, that's the entire point. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to. Like that was the issue last year was he was constantly having to do more and everyone's like, oh, well, Aaron Gordon's overpaid. He's this, he's that. It's like, okay, he, he's over. he may be overpaid for being an offensive guy, but it's what he brings 
tertiary to everyone else. He mm-hmm. rounds out the team. He rounds out the unit. He is what makes the unit sing. I mean, obviously, Jokic does what he does. Murray with his handling. Porter with his ability to just get white hot and score 20 points in a quarter just because he can. KCP, mm-hmm. same thing. White hot scorer that can put up three points or can put up three, six, nine points in three straight possessions while also getting a steal or two on the other end. There, we saw it at the end of the Spurs game the other night where he got a three on one end and then right and then on the other end caused the turnover. Just mm-hmm. it, everything is tied together. Everyone has their their position. Aaron Gordon is the guy that it's just his job to fit in and do everything else. And it go and he is going to be the unsung hero all year long because he will have games where he scores six points, goes three of five from the floor, and he has seven rebounds, and no one will notice, and everyone will be like, "Wow, Aaron Gordon didn't do anything tonight." And then you go watch the game, it's like, "Oh, Aaron Gordon did a ton tonight." The only the only thing is he doesn't have to do everything all night because you have everyone else to do it. That is the entire point of why he works. That is the entire point of why this this starting unit works. I love watching Aaron Gordon play, and it's like, I lo- I'm okay. Like, I'm if he is concerned with his lack of touches, I get it. Every guy, especially when you make it to that level, you've always been the guy. You are the guy. There's no question about it. But I think that he's okay with just being like, yeah, no, I'm probably not going to score a ton every night. Like, I'll mm-hmm. have my nights, but most of the time, it's going to be everybody else. But I'll get my, I'll get my spots. And you said that he's got 29 dunks already on the year. That's because mm-hmm. he knows where to be. And that's the entire point that I was getting at earlier with Porter Jr. making the floor, getting more space on the floor. Guy's got to go out on Porter, which leaves either a smaller defender or a slower defender on Aaron Gordon. We talked last year and ad nauseum about how Aaron Gordon's size and speed just are a weird combination that are difficult for anybody to guard because there's only a few guys that are big enough and fast enough to guard him. And And you can either put that guy on Porter or you can put that guy on Gordon, which is going to leave a mismatch at the other spot. So I just think that Aaron Gordon is going to be the guy all year long that is never going to get the praise from anybody other than the people that watch the games and pay attention to what he does. Yeah. I think that he will be underappreciated pretty significantly this season. I, I just, there's so much to feel good about with this team. You know, like they haven't had the hardest schedule so far, but they've shown they can win. They have also shown that they still will slip up from time to time and have a loss against the Trailblazers that they didn't look like they came out and tried at all. They will have a loss like the Lakers game, but they will also have wins where you go, damn, this team can win a championship. And I think that is the takeaway from these first 10 games is that this team has been one of the best teams in the league. This team is not fully formed yet. There are uh, many different flavors of teams throughout the year. There will be roster changes uh, for different teams. Maybe the Nuggets are one of those teams. Maybe they're not. We don't know yet, but maybe they pick up a guy at the deadline. Maybe they sign a guy from the buyout market. We don't know what the final form of this team looks like, but as of now, they are among the league's elite. And the things that are making them among the league's elite are sustainable, they're efficient, and they will be there when the playoffs come. Hey, really quick. uh, So I was curious because we talked about how good the starting lineup is. 
among lineups with at least 100 minutes played this year because i think that that's a pretty good benchmark to set mm-hmm. what do you think they where they, what do you think they are net rating wise like like ranking they're a starting five K- kcp gordon Jokic, Murray porter uh it wouldn't surprise me if that was number one honestly you know they would be number one but there's this team that plays in california that has a nuclear lineup they don't count mm-hmm. that's golden state denver's second with a 16.5 net rating, they have a 118.1 offensive rating and a 101.6 defensive rating. Golden State's number one with a 26.2 net rating. They have a, with Curry, Thompson, Green, Wiggins, Looney, that unit has a 129.9 offensive rating and 103.7 defensive rating. So mm-hmm. their, their starting five is just ludicrously good. But yeah. Denver's starting lineup is second. And... They and they have a very very good lineup. And then in terms of just they're second in offensive rating behind only Golden State, and they are actually first in defensive rating among all among all five man lineups with at least 100 minutes played. Yes, they've played less than some groups, but they've played more than others, and they they've been damn good when they're on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are scary, and uh, you don't want to play the Nuggets this season. I don't think. Now, the next few games they play, uh, they play the Pacers uh, tomorrow or today, depending on uh, when this is going up. And then I believe they're playing Boston next, correct? Uh, yep, Boston, and then they will play Chicago on Sunday. Yep. So those games are uh, going to be both on the road. All, all three of those games are going to be on the road. The next Wednesday... Uh, the Nuggets will play the Knicks at home, uh, but they will have a lot of road games for the rest of the of this month. We will be back on Saturday uh, recapping the Pacers and the Celtics games. And then uh, the week after that, we will uh, see about the Bulls and the Knicks games. The I think the Celtics game is going to be the best benchmark for comparing this team to like another contender that we've seen all year. Uh, the Warriors game we thought was like a huge victory and it still might be, uh, but the Warriors have struggled uh, a little heavily out of the gate. Uh, and the best win that they've had is probably the jazz win or the uh, Spurs win uh, that they won by 25. But we will see if they uh, can come out and play with the Celtics uh, come, come Friday. Uh, that's all I have for today. Uh, so unless there's anything you want to add, uh, uh, no, as always, you can find all of my links to all of my work, whether it's uh, covering the Denver nuggets or fantasy football or betting, betting content, all of my links to that are on my Twitter at G bridge for NFL. Uh, as Astra said, I think that the game against Boston will be an early benchmark, but I'm also willing to take it with a grain of salt. This bench, no pun intended, this, like they have some issues right now. Uh, Bones' consistency has been up and down. Um, the guys around him have been up and down. DeAndre Jordan just isn't it. I mean, they're, I'm I'm saying it now. I mean, we said it in the summer, but he's he's not it. They need they need to address backup center. No, there's no. I, I think he's been fine. I I don't think he's been like particularly great, but I think the first person to really stand out as like a negative in the rotation is Jeff Green so far. I mean, I think Jeff Green's been fine. I mean, we can hash this out more like later. I, I'm yeah. I'm willing to give Jeff Green somewhat of a pass just because I feel like he 
I feel like there is a there's a there's more to Jeff Green. Like Jeff Green may be a letdown. The problem, uh, my issue more with DeAndre Jordan is he is exactly what we thought he was, which is I think which he's an unathlete. He's a big that relied on athleticism. Doesn't really have his athleticism anymore. Has struggled with like struggles on defense and is a essentially a zero on offense. So that's more where my issue is. I think if this bench can come out and have a good game against Boston, then yeah, Denver can absolutely hang with them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's, I'm just, I'm concerned about the bench early on. And so if Denver, like if their starters hang with them and then just their bench lets them down, I'll, I'm willing to almost concede like a loss in that situation. I'll be like, you know what? I expected this because the bench is going to have their off nights. They have to iron the kinks out. But if the starters hang, that tells me what I need to know because that's what matters. Yeah, I agree with that. I I do think that at some point they will have to address backup center, but uh, that will that will come when it comes. Uh, you can find my stuff uh, at Asher Levy NBA. Both of our Twitters will be linked in the episode notes. Uh, as Gage mentioned, you can find his stuff at G Bridgeford NFL. Uh, as for our Nugget stuff, you can mostly find that on uh, Denver Stiffs. Uh, other than that, have a great day. Uh, we have been presented by Bet Online. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.